Hey there, welcome to episode 25 of the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. Today I am interviewing Eric Atwood, who is an expert on the topic of relational presence. You're going to learn about what it is, why it matters, how to do more of it. We're going to talk about speaking circles, what they are and why they work. That's something that I have participated in in my own development. Relational presence is an important quality that everybody could benefit from knowing about and using in their life, especially leaders, because it will help you build trust. It's going to help you influence others and really build true, authentic engagement on your teams and in your working relationships. So I'm excited about the topic. It is meaningful. I believe that this will be an inspiring podcast and I can't wait to share it with you. So let's get started. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Welcome. My name is Susie Price. I am a professional facilitator, consultant, coach, and author. And I am the owner of Priceless Professional Development, where we're in our 13th year, and we focus on helping leaders build energy, commitment, and communication in their organizations. And I am excited about our topic today. The official title of today's program is How Leaders Can Use the Power of Relational Presence to Engage and Influence. This is episode 25, and I want you to know right off the bat where the show notes are so you can Get notes from what we cover here in this interview and those few links there you might want to access. But the show notes for episode number 25 is pricelessprofessional.com slash presence. The word presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, and it's all lowercase. And I also want to do a quick mention of our directory page for all of the podcasts. It's at wakeupeagerworkforce.com. So that's all one word wakeupeagerworkforce.com. And when you go there to either look at our show notes at pricelessprofessional.com slash presence for this episode, or you go to wakeupeagerworkforce.com, you'll see a link at the top to get the Apple app. It's complimentary, no cost to you. And you can actually have, if you have an iPhone, have our app on your phone and automatically get downloads uh, new episodes and they're coming out. I'm usually doing about two a month. So if you weren't aware of the app, go take advantage of that. You can also search for us on iTunes by going, typing in wake up eager workforce and that'll also take you to our page with all of our episodes on it. So I want to talk about kind of give, do an intro to our interview today. And I want to share with you a memory I have of an experience I had by around relational presence, our topic today. So it's someone who who did this skill, relational presence with me. It was about 20 years ago. And um, I was working, of course, full time. And I was also volunteering for an organization. And we had brought a speaker in. And we were wanting to promote the speaker. It's uh, someone that I, I was a fan of, still a fan of had written about 20 books, had been on Oprah USA Today. This was kind of a fundraiser for us. And so I volunteered to write an article and get some press coverage for this person coming to speak to our group so we could hopefully sell a lot of tickets. Well, we did sell a lot of tickets, and the article got picked up locally and all throughout um, the Atlanta area. And uh, so I got a little kudos from my peers around that article, and I felt good about that. That was the beginning of me learning how to 
actually express myself um, and and to consider myself a little bit of a writer. So that was meaningful in that way. But because the article was well thought of, the agent for the speaker uh, sought me out the night before the event and said, hey, would you like to meet him? And of course, I was a fan and I'm surprised that I'm going to have this opportunity. So we wa- I walked with the agent into a large room. There were, I don't know how many people, at least 50, maybe 100 people milling about kind of back behind stage. And his agent walked me towards the speaker and many people were around talking to him and we waited and eventually we got an introduction and the agent explained who I was and what I had done and I got a handshake and a thank you appreciation Um, and I remember now that I reflect on it he had extreme eye contact with me so he was uh, really present or as Eric will say and you'll hear it in the interview fully present even though there are people all around He's getting ready to speak to a large crowd, sold out. Um, I felt like he tuned into me in that moment. It was a real conversation. He was listening deeply, even with all the commotion going on. Um, and he tuned into me during that time. And what Eric, how the way he references it in our interview is he witnessed me or we caught, you know, appreciated me in that moment. And now keep in mind that was 20 years ago. And we probably had a 30-second conversation, but I still remember that interaction and how it made me feel. And it, it, it helped me, as I reflect upon that, understand the power of our topic today, relational presence. And so I thought about that interaction um, when I first heard the term relational presence. And uh, I want to tell you a little bit about Eric Atwood. I have attended his speaking circles, which is something he does. And I have first met him when he was speaking somewhere and I was an attendee. So he is a, Eric Atwood is, is our interviewee today. He is a speech and presentation coach. He's a certified speaking circles facilitator, trainer, speaker, and he's author of a new book that's coming out this summer, New Thinking, New Being. Now, the kind of work he does, he works with business leaders, entrepreneurs, speakers, other professionals, and the focus is on improving speech, presentation, and communication skills. And then he also leads what I've referenced a couple of times now already, speaking circles, which is something I participated in and we talk about in the interview. And speaking circles are designed to help people speak comfortably and confidently in front of groups. And uh, he's got more than 20 years of experience in communication modalities. He leads communication-based projects, workshops, programs. And what one thing that's very interesting about him, and I had an opportunity to meet his sister. She actually came to one of the speaking circles as well is growing up and in his adult life, they lived all over the world. So he lived in seven countries and he's traveled worldwide and he brings that presence, that um, big picture thinking and uh, interesting stories to everything he does and just an interesting way of being. He's got a broad view of life and the world and people. And so he brings that, his passion for people and cultures to, to, to his work. And you can see that he's very open and very appreciative of others. And, and you notice that when you communicate with him, which is good, since that's what his work is about, relational presence. And he says here in his bio, he's committed to helping people be fully and authentically self-expressed in the world. Fully and authentically self-expressed. What an amazing way to live. To be that person, I, I fortunately get to do a lot of that here in the podcast and in the work that I get to do. And um, it is a great, great, great feeling. And it's a great honor to have Eric 
involved in the podcast today. I want you to know where his website is, and I'll mention it again at the end, is uh, www.thespeakersstudio.com. Thespeakersstudio.com. Let's get into the interview. So welcome, Eric, to the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking time today to connect with us. Thank you, Sue. This is a pleasure, and I'm really excited about what we're going to do together today. Yeah, you are the person that has taught me about relational presence. I had not heard the term before, um, and every time, the first time I ever read about the term, it it pulled me in. I was interested. I wanted to know more. And I find if I ever mention the topic of relational presence, certain people or many people are very interested in it. They might not know exactly what it is, but they know it has something to do with uh, something they're interested in. So I thought it was a perfect topic for our podcast because uh, it is about so much of what we talk about in leadership training is tuning into others, uh, effective listening, and to me, relational presence is uh, a deeper level of all of that, and so why don't we kick it off with you just telling us what is relational presence? Sure. It's uh, absolutely one of my favorite topics, and it is an intriguing term, isn't it? I'll yeah. talk about who came up with it, but just the idea of relational presence, it's quite a mellifluous two-word um, phrase, and it does provoke some things for people, or evoke some things. Um, so I'll give you a couple of definitions. First, it's the practice of being with one person at a time in a public speaking setting. Um, and then the second thing is it's the practice of really being present with people in a conversation or really any interaction. And that goes for speaking as well as listening, the idea of being fully present with people. So um, the it, it, the uh, the term has come up, was uh, developed by a, a, a man named Lee Glickstein, and uh, he was a stand-up comic who had stage fright. And so he developed a speaking technique where he could be himself and whether he could be funny or serious or however he wanted to be and not worry so much about what his audience was thinking of him or if they were judging him or that sort of thing. So he actually developed a technique that's based on this idea of relational presence. And out of that, he created his own company called Speaking Circles International. And there's a head office in San Francisco and one in Amsterdam. Um, so... Yeah, the idea of relational presence is the idea of just simply being with one person at a time. So in speaking circles, there's these are small gatherings of people who want to get more comfortable or confident speaking in a group. So when a person is up front, and that's how Lee defined a person speaking to a group, as a person up front in front of a group of listeners. So when that person is up front using relational presence, simply being with one person at a time in the group, everyone else is really being there with that person. Everyone really is being with each other. It's it's more of a collective experience instead of just a speaker and an audience type of thing. Um, and so how people use relational presence is through eye contact and really their natural presence in front of others. Um, so it's not only for group settings or public speaking, but it's also for one-on-one -on -one conversations is the idea of simply being being there with another person, listening to them, being fully present, um, yeah, so you're relating to each other when you're when you have this level of engagement. Um, so we're really always in relationship with people, aren't we? Right. Yeah. So even in a five minute conversation, 
you've got that relationship for five minutes and probably longer with that person. So, so you're relating to each other and it's not just through your words, but through your presence, through your body language and um, your, your other energetic, your other energy. Right. So, I mean, most of our communication is nonverbal, as you know, Susie. Um, so it's really how we're, how we're relating to people. And so the question becomes, how are you relating to people and, and how are you being with them as you're in conversation or if you're speaking in a group setting? So really relational presence allows people to naturally engage and naturally connect and authentically be with, with each other. So that's the general premise of a relational presence. So I, I like the question, which is, how are you relating to people, and how are you being with them? And the, the key word there is being with them. Mm-hmm. And the other tie-in was early on, you talked about when Lee Glickstein came to this concept or this this uh relational presence as a concept or a, something we can learn, it was for him to not worry about what others are thinking. And right. that, that's what I have found benefit from, and heaven knows I do not have this mastered at all, but um, I was often worrying about what other people think, and my participation in speaking circles was a big piece of, it's just the experience of that group setting where you're speaking and your goal is not to say something brilliant, but to just tune into everybody in the room. And when you're listening, you know, not to interrupt or be scattered is just to totally tune into the person who's speaking. And there's something that clicked or, you know, clicks and you get to feel what it feels like to really be present with people is what you're talking about is be present. So if you were going to describe being present, um, it's different from just day in, day out, going in and out of, you know, passing people in the grocery store or um, a manager who's at his desk and maybe having a quick conversation with somebody. What would, if you were being present with someone, what would that difference be? What would it feel like? What would it look like? Yeah, so I guess there's a lot of ways you can approach that um, the concept. Um, but for me, it's really about sort of being aware of how you're relating to people and uh-huh. in a way being mindful as you're in a conversation or in a group setting is is noticing like how are you being in, in a sense of are you coming from a place of authenticity and are you coming from a place of full awareness of how you are with people and just being conscious of the, the relationship you're having with people and then also being aware of how you're speaking and how you're interacting with people. So it's not just kind of delivering information, but really kind of connecting with people without really trying to connect. Um, Lee Glickstein talks about if we try to connect with people, we're coming from separation, right? And we're already, already connected. So the idea is that we are being aware that we're connected and coming from that place of natural connection. And um, authenticity is a big part of this work, too. One of the things we talk about is speaking from the heart. So it's kind of being real with people. Uh, Uh, It's not just speaking from the head and, you know, delivering information or exchanging data or knowledge or facts or that sort of thing, but kind of dropping into a heart-centered place where you can really be open with people and kind of sharing something personal 
or something that matters to you, because this is where real, the deepest kind of human connection happens, is from the heart. Um, so that all feeds into our sense of relating to people as being fully ourselves and and also listening to other people and appreciating other people and inviting others to kind of be there with us. Um, because that's been a really powerful experience for me is that my sense of relationship with people, even people I meet for the first time is so powerful and so um, it's almost electric, you know, when you can be so open and so there with people and invites them to be that way. And not everybody you know, may want to go there with you, but often they do. They they have a sense of, wow, I'm feeling connected with this person. I'm going to open up a little bit more than I n- normally would. So mm-hmm. whether you're doing it with somebody you know, somebody you just meet for the first time, the invitation is to simply be yourself and just be aware of being related to this person. And in a group setting, it's the same kind of thing. You're relating to each person there both as a listener and as a person speaking to the group. So, yeah, so it's the relatability and the sense of authenticity and openness that can really make people feel connected. And it's it, what I like, the, the clarifier that you added in there is without trying, without an agenda, basically. So I'm going to be authentic, mm-hmm. I'm going to be open, and if you're not open, that's okay, too. So it's uh, it's just such a... Uh, interesting concept because it is about different from sharing data. It's saying, okay, your presence is enough, my presence is enough, and we're gonna we're gonna communicate together here. And it is um, electric, and there is something different that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's an organic thing too. I mean, most yeah. conversations are not scripted, right? I mean, you don't right. go into a conversation with the whole agenda and exactly how something's going to, you're going to relate a story or have a conversation with somebody. So the idea is just to be present and be, allow the words to come naturally and really listen when somebody's there speaking with you. So, yeah, I love that part of it too. It's it's just a very organic process. It happens the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. So how did this become your focus in your business? I've, I've read your bio and we know your book is coming out and you you train or, or coach people around this process and around their presentations. How did this become your focus and you know why does it matter to you? Why personally and professionally does this matter? Yeah, um, I'll give you the short version because the long version could take a while. Uh, <laughs> I'm but sure the short it's a good version, story. Yeah, it is a pretty good story. Um, the, the How it started was that, um, and people don't believe this when I tell them, but I used to be really, really shy, painfully shy. I, I, I had ha- had a hard time speaking with one person, let alone a group. So public speaking was definitely one of my biggest fears. Um, the speaking circles is something that helped me overcome that fear. And uh, I was introduced to the work when I was living in New Zealand in 2007. And it really resonated for me, this idea of just being with people and relating to people and not worrying so much about what you're saying, but just, yeah, just having this sense of relationship with people. And so I've been using it ever since. And certainly relational presence is, is an important part of my, my life and how I express myself and how I live. Um, so it went beyond just getting over that fear of speaking. It really helped me express myself more authentically and confidently. And that was one-on-one as well as in groups. I actually started to want to do group speaking when before it was like, that was 
that was the last thing I wanted to do, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, so I started getting in touch with my authentic voice and started to learn how to really engage people and and kind of make it a collective experience. And, and I just kind of let go of those masks that I used to put up or those barriers or whatever they were and stop worrying so much about what other people thought of me. That was like one of the reasons I was so fearful of speaking is I just didn't want yep. them to judge me, right? Yep. I think that's a very common thing. We want to yep. be liked and we, we're terrified of being disliked in some way. Yep. I can say that I have owned that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. It's probably very common, you know, that yeah. idea of feeling judged, right? I think that's part of the reason that uh, public speaking is such a huge and common fear is that we're so worried what other people think of us. We feel like we have to perform or we have to impress them or do something for another person to make them like us instead Mm -hmm. of just being ourselves. And to me, that is the most powerful way to connect with somebody is to be yourself because Mm -hmm. we all relate from that place. We all get like what emotions are and, you know, what values are, what are, our interests are, what our passions are. And that's, that's being real with people. When you can be in that place, that's when true connection happens. So I really, I immediately understood and kind of felt the power of this work, this, this idea of relational presence and relating to people from that heart centered place. Um, so I felt more connected to myself, but also to other people. And, um, so it became a business because I realized that this is a very common thing. It's, depending on what source you, you refer to, public speaking is one of the greatest fears, if not the, the biggest fears that we have. And so I got over that fear. I saw the power in the work and I decided, you know, I, I think I want to be trained in this and become certified to be able to offer speaking circles and do work with people one-on-one to help them overcome that fear and to help them really start to open up and and connect in a much deeper way, be themselves more than anything else. So I went through the training in 2011. I got uh, certified at the end of that year. And then in early 2013, I moved from Atlanta to San Francisco and decided to start my own business based on my speaking circles training. And um, and so that's what I've been doing for the last three and a half years is working one-on-one with people, coaching people on how to be better speakers and presenters, and also running those speaking circles and workshops to help people just become more more effective, more confident, more comfortable speaking in groups, and, and more themselves. Yeah. Um, so it's got a lot of different benefits, and one of them is that it, it builds people's self-esteem and and their confidence, and it creates better connection, kind of deeper and more authentic connection between people. Um, it improves relationships. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of different benefits that come out of it. So that's why it's really important to me and why I absolutely love this work. I have a deep passion for it. I'm blessed every day to be doing this work because I see the results of the work, working with people to, to be more comfortable, more confident in groups and also just in one-on-one conversations. It really opens up a lot of things for people when they can feel that authentic and powerful speaking. 
And, you know, all the things that you're talking about that you get from it. You know, I went to speaking circles because I get in front of groups and I thought, well, I need to be better. And I love the concept of relational presence, but I got so much more out of it than that, you know. And it, mm-hmm. it was calming my anxiety because I could show up and, and appear prepared and always was prepared, but I couldn't let go. I mean, I could tell that I couldn't. I'm a, I was in theater in college, so, you know, I knew how to perform, but I didn't know how to be present. And it's so amazing. Uh, like I said, I don't feel like I have this mastered, but I have learned a lot about myself through this process and through, you know, getting in front of a group in your speaking circles and you don't have a topic prepared and your your goal you get up and you speak, which used to terrify me and now um I'm, I'm excited to do it. And, and then, you know, while I was doing all that, you videotape us and, and we get feedback. And it's just this process that is magical in my mind. And it's helped me in every other aspect of my life, uh, including coaching and consulting. You know, when I'm on a sales call now, I'm not hurrying in with any kind of hurry up with the solution. I'm just, it's like there's a calm that has come over me because it's like, I just want to be present. And I and I, don't, I you know have some ideas of what I could share, but I'm not going to share them until I am. I guess the word I would use is guided until until they've asked or until you know. And so it's just everything has just settled down as a result of me getting some relational presence in my body, you know, and understanding what that feels like. So I'm less trying to perform, you know, in front of a group or on a coaching call. I'm more like, let me just be present and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, mm. it's a beautiful thing. I mean, and, and you are so good at it because uh, what I always see for you is, is you're, you're there facilitating the process. Um, you make it all about the participants. Um, your your heartfelt sincerity around the process, and then um, you give awesome feedback. When you're giving feedback, it feels very real. You know the feedback that you give us that we record. Um, so anyway, just um, let's let's take all of that because I'm talking about it as a consultant and a coach, and let's let's take all of my excitement for it and your excitement for it and talk about how this helps leaders. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, why should leaders care about relational, relational presence? They're running a business. They've got numbers they need to reach. Um, they're, you know, moving at a fast pace. You know, why should they care about this relational presence concept? And actually it's a reality or skill. What would you say? Mm. Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of benefits of, of practicing relational presence as a leader, whether it's in business or in community or really any kind of leadership position, um, because leaders, the way I see it, they have to be seen as trustworthy and confident and credible, um, approachable, relatable, and certainly influential, right? Um, right. So they've got something to share that they feel is important. And so they have to have these kind of qualities or characteristics and relational presence helps them tap into those and express them in a really powerful way. So um, they also have to really be able to communicate clearly and engage people and have other people really want to listen to them. 
So, um, so this idea of relating to people and having other people relate to them, I think is a really important quality for leaders so that others will feel like they're trustworthy. And, you know, that whole idea of the no like, and trust factor is mm-hmm. when you can relate to people from an authentic place, they're going to want to listen to you or want to do business with you or want to follow you in some way. And so relational presence gives them that ability to relate in a more authentic and a more um, powerful way. Because when leaders are, are using relational presence, um, people are naturally engaged. And again, it goes back to not trying to connect or not forcing anything on mm-hmm. other people. And sometimes leaders can be that way, unfortunately, is kind of talking over people or uh, yeah. saying this is how it is or being more of an authority figure instead of just kind of speaking openly about something and and really being conscious of that other person and, and how important that person or a group of people is to their role um, mm. and seeing where the connections are. So really, relational presence helps create that connection and it helps, you know, building trust and um, it gives people, the leaders, to that sort of increases their ability to, to connect and influence with other people. Mm. Um and so they do that through really a natural sense of being authentic and engaging with people, being open, again, kind of speaking from the heart, not just from the head, right? So kind of delivering some other things that are heart-centered, you know, like what their passion are, what their passions are, or what their values are, what's important about what they're doing and, um, you know, how it relates to people. And again, this can happen with with people one-on-one and in groups and certainly in leadership positions, they're going to be in group situations, right? Whether it's internal teams or people outside an organization. So it's kind of coming from that authentic place and, um, and just being real with people. So um, I think when you're, when a leader is, is using that practice of relational presence, people will naturally want to listen, engage, and they'll understand who they are, what's important to them. They'll believe what they have to say, and most likely they'll want to listen and engage and um, follow that person or um, do something more. So, yeah, yeah, so there's a lot of real powerful benefits to to leaders using RP. Yeah, that's funny. I just wrote RP on my page. So, yeah, yeah. we have our own acronym, RP. Um, Right. And I think, I mean, I'm thinking about leaders that I know that that there's one particular leader that every time I talk to people in his business, they say, well, so-and-so said, and they're always referencing things he said. You know, so-and-so said this, and, you know, so-and-so said this, and I remembered it, and I think I want to do that. So they're, they're, they trust this person. They want to follow what he says, and guess what? He does a lot of relational presence, and I never really put that together mm. until I heard you talking. He speaks from the heart. I mean, he's got, he's got the business in mind, but he's, you know, saying things that matter to him. Um, I think he really connects with people, um, so... That it's, uh, I think if we look around us, anybody who's tuning into to this interview, think about great leaders or people that you are willing to follow. And as you listen to this discussion around relational presence, um, my guess is that they they did a lot of these things. You know, those, mm-hmm. those leaders we were open to following. So how do you get better at this? You know, what are the skills related to it? Um 
how can a leader build these skills? Just talk a little bit about that. Sure. And I think it follows along with what you just shared is that how people are being, how leaders are being with people really encourages people to connect with them. So it's beyond just what they're saying. That words are just a very small part of how we how we um, express ourselves, right? I mean, something like 90 or 90-something percent of our communication is nonverbal. So it's really how you're being with people. So the idea is to kind of just be aware, to get better at using relational presence is is being aware of how you're being with people, not just what you're saying with them, right? Not how you're, like, what the words are and how they're mm-hmm. coming across but just kind of being more conscious of your relationship with people. So, um, and of course it does like anything else, it does come with practice, right? So doing things consistently. Um, so it's not just like a one-time thing. Oh yeah, I've got it. And I can just do it with this yeah. person or this group. Uh-uh. It's like yeah. practicing. Yeah. Helps you get more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. It is like a muscle. And Lee Glickstein talks about that too. It's like oh, RP it is a muscle that we need to keep exercising. And that's why most people in speaking circles come back. You know, they don't just do it one time. They come back because it gets easier, it gets more natural, and it gets more fun. You know, oh, yeah, I was you... just thinking, and it's completely fun. I leave those sessions, <laughs> you know, like the speaking circle, like I'm a high as a kite, you know, energetically. <laughs> and let me clarify yeah. that. But, you know, excited, happy, tuned in, um, happy Connected. for the people that were there, happy for what I shared. You know, it's just it's a really good good feeling gig. Oh yeah. It's it's amazing. I mean, I've I've had experiences in speaking circles where I haven't felt anywhere else where the sense of connection and there's this, this like energy and a vibration that's created collectively, even though only one person is speaking at a time. Everybody does feel the sense of we're all one here, you know, and I'm really they they see themselves in other people and vice versa. And uh yeah, amazing, amazing energy is created. Um so I think that idea of just being conscious for leaders to to get better at the relational presence um, practice and, you know, building on the skills. So that some of the skills they can use to, to improve that sense of relational presence is using eye contact because that's a really important part of yep. connecting with one person at a time is just kind of being with persons through the eyes, um, you know, being aware of your body language, you know, which is your facial expressions, your gestures your posture, that sort of thing. Um, we talked about being present, how, how important that is to kind of land with, with people, being real, being open and real, speaking from the heart. And, um, and I talked about not speaking above people, but kind of just being open and relating to each person um, yep. from a really authentic place. So and, be uh, present. Let's just jump into that be real present. quick because I'm just wondering if somebody's sitting there going, okay, what does it mean to be present? I'm sitting here and I am listening and I can repeat everything you just said. How okay. is being present different from that? And then don't forget that what you were going to get ready to go into because I, I interrupted you. Oh, I was just going to say another way to practice is actually attending a speaking circle. Yeah. But, you okay. know, they're not, they're not all over the, I mean, it's it's not like a Toastmasters where you can find one on your yeah. right now hometown anywhere. Um, but that's, that's another way. Um, yep. So, yeah, I think the idea of, of being present, again, just goes back to being aware and um, not feeling like you you are trying to connect with people and not talking all the time or not, not really listening when somebody is talking. A lot of people 
think they're good listeners, but they may not be as, as skilled in that area as, as, as they um, as they think they are. Because that's one of the things we teach in Speaking Circles is how to really be available to people as they're talking to you. So being yeah. present as they're speaking, 100% listening to somebody without your own dialogue or without wondering like how you're going to respond to somebody or if you're in a group, like what you're going to say when it's your turn to talk. It's just kind of just being so fully present. It's it's a it's a it's another muscle that really does take practice to get good at because our minds are always there's always stuff going on there, right? Right. But if we can kind of breathe and come into our heart space and just kind of take our time in a conversation or in a group setting is just the idea of everybody just being present and being engaged and being completely there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That idea of being with is a very powerful concept because we can be with be, be, be with somebody fully without saying anything. And that's actually some things I encourage people to do in my workshops and my speaking circles is just taking your time and taking a breath. Being in silence with people is a very powerful way to be present. So don't feel like you have to speak the whole time. And, you know, as a speak, as a person listening is just being fully there with them and really appreciating other people through your eyes and through your smiles and your applause and things like that. So a lot of different uh, ways to be fully there with people, fully mm. present and being with. And and I do agree, though, that the speaking circles, is, it's, it's a way to experience it because it's a structured... You know, and you're, and it's once you experience that feeling when your mind shuts off, you know, and you are just present either as the speaker in a speaking circle or you're in the audience or as a listener is what you all call it. It's, it's just experiencing that is, it's, it's to me, it feels like a meditation. It mm. feels like a prayer almost or whatever you want to call it where you're just, like the word we keep using, present, and when you mm-hmm. feel that difference, then it starts to click. It's like, okay, I know what this this is. I know I know this. This is different from me saying, okay, I just heard everything that you said, and now let me repeat it. That's a totally different thing. The be present is, yeah, 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 and it uh, it happens almost without fail. And in speaking circles, when people are really open to the work, they get an experience of presence. Immediately, sometimes the first time a person gets up front to speak in front of the group, they'll get it immediately. They'll feel like, ooh, okay, this feels different, that I'm actually just being here with people, I'm being witnessed by people, I'm being appreciated by people, and wow, that's kind of (laughs) cool, you know, that knowing you can't do anything wrong, that uh, no one's judging you here, They're, they're fully appreciating you and you know you don't even have to speak in a speaking circle it's pretty powerful when when somebody is there completely open and just being there without speaking sometimes those are some of the most powerful turns i've seen so and it's interesting in that environment there is because in the real world world oftentimes people are judging you there is a hurry worry you know got to get going got to do this do that but if you've experienced in the speaking circle and you've worked that muscle i don't know it's just something different happens like you it's a switch it's like a switch turn for me um that I'm so much, I'm so much less, is that the right wording? No, but I'll say it's so much less worried about judging. Though people might be now, I just found my footing 
enough that it rolls off of me more because of some of the process through the speaking circles. Mm-hmm. You know, because because people yeah. are thinking people might be listening to this and saying, well, you know, but that's not the real world. You know, people <laughs> are judging and we are in a hurry, you know. Um, so what would you say to that, you know, in regard to, okay, yeah, I love what you're saying. It sounds really good, but how's that going to help me in the real world when I'm mm. faced with people who are judging? Is it the confidence level that goes up, you think, or what would you say? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that the real world can be a little bit different than a speaking circle because in speaking circles there is a structure and people are following guidelines on how to listen and and how to be present and and just how to do certain things. And it's very simple, just the idea of being with and how to listen. Very simple concepts. Um, But what I encourage my speaking circle participants and certainly my speech clients, you know, the coaching clients, is to do this with everybody you you feel comfortable doing it with. There are going to be times where, you know, you might meet somebody and they're in a completely different space. They might be totally negative or checked out or whatever. And so it's hard for you to, to make that connection. Even if you're practicing this idea of relational presence, they may not right. get it. They may be thinking about something completely different. They don't want to be there, whatever it is, but that shouldn't stop you from still practicing this, knowing that this is a really powerful way to express, you know, this idea of just being with somebody and speaking from the heart. Um, it can actually encourage somebody or invite somebody to maybe try it for themselves. And -hmm. sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's not really for you to say, and and again, you're not trying to do anything for other people. You're simply being the way you know you want to be. But sometimes people can see the benefit of it and they might open up a little bit and it might actually create uh, some kind of different connection for them than they otherwise would be would would have if they were kind of always in their head or checked out or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the invitation is just to to model this, and um, even if somebody isn't um, reflecting it or taking your invitation, that still shouldn't stop you from being yourself and being there with people and listening to another person when they're speaking. Um, but You'd be surprised at where a conversation can go when you start the ball rolling, so to speak, and Uh really there with somebody else. They might just drop into that place with you, and next thing you know, you're just like having this amazing conversation, Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of you're in this dance almost where it's just like you're you're so connected. So I've – certainly experienced that and people, my clients and my speaking circles participants have expressed how they've experienced that sort of thing. So who knows what the possibilities are when, when you can be that present and that connected with somebody. Yeah. So, so we know that we're talking about the power of it and, and uh, the power of it potentially changing relationships and the power of it with leaders to build trust and to, you know, have build influence. Um, what gets in the way of somebody getting better at this? What's the biggest, what do people struggle with? What do you see if they're there for you as in a speaking circle or they're, you know, a coaching client? What, what stops someone from, you know, building this muscle, relational presence? Mm. Yeah, so there's a few things in my experience. Um, 
because not everybody gets it or sees the benefit of the work. Um, and I've noticed that it's the people who are sort of closed to this idea of just being real with people or opening to people or fully listening. So there's a lot of people like that, right? They're just kind of, they just are narrow-minded and they, they do things the same way all the time and they're not really open to something new. So that would certainly get in the way of, of right. experiencing relational presence. Um, and a lot of people also are focused too much on the content too much on what is being said and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, just exchanging information rather than just having the sense of relationship with this person and the sense of you're just here with this person instead of so in your head and so focused on what's being said instead of how you are being with people or how you could be with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in speaking circles and certainly in in the work that I do with my clients, I, I try to get them not to focus too much on the content yeah, it's important on what you're saying, but it's like how you're being with people is, is where people really connect, you know? I mean, sometimes you've probably had this experience as you listened, you went to a talk, and it was very powerful, and you felt like, wow, this person's great. You may not have remembered too much of what they said. You just remember their presence, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, so anyway, that's a little bit of, of – anyway, a couple of the things – is um is that uh, sort of gets in the way is is not using real eye contact with people and you know it's like scanning or not looking directly at somebody, yeah. um, speaking too quickly you know kind of rushing through a thought or um, something you want to say without really pausing and just taking your time and letting the other person talk, um, and we talked about speaking from the head instead mm-hmm. of sometimes dropping into the heart that can block relational presence. Um, that being present with people and, and also not listening when you're in conversation, not really listening to somebody can block that, that sense of being with each other. So those are some of the things that get in the way. Makes me think of, I do a lot of assessments with folks and it makes me think of um, sometimes our style, you know, so I'm a very high D style. So sometimes I can be impatient. I mean, it just comes natural. And if I'm not aware of my style and I don't even know that's how I'm coming across, that could get in the way. Even if my intention is, okay, I really want to tune in. I really want to be present. Um, But without mindfulness, my style will get in the way. So that just came to mind when you were speaking, you know, just kind of my natural, you know, and there's different styles, right? The compliance, you know, somebody who's thinking and very logical. So they may, you know, it might be like, okay, I can't really say something from my heart because I don't have the logic to back it up. And so some Mm -hmm. of the things, ways we think can also keep us blocked probably. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole nother conversation in terms of uh, it's like a field of study is like your style is noticing mm-hmm. what your style is and, and understanding other people's styles and sometimes adjusting your style to other people so that you can make a deeper connection. Um, so, you know, yeah. the MBTI and all that is yeah. like what your style is and how you are, what your strengths are and how you you communicate and then also noticing other people's styles. Um, mm-hmm. So, but to me, it's all about just being yourself, being real with people and not putting on airs or not trying to connect like we talked about is just mm-hmm. kind of just trusting that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be myself here and we'll make a connection or not. And that's okay if we don't. Um, but that still shouldn't discourage me from 
simply trusting myself, appreciating myself, and and being real with people. Mm. And it's the shift that you are living, which is, to me, to you, the connection is more important um, and will get us where we need to go as opposed to someone else who says, okay, the number one priority is I've got my agenda, I need to get it done, my agenda. So there's a <laughs> right. flip there, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. 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 I mean, conversation should always be a two-way street, you yeah. know, and you don't know everything. Even as a leader, you might know a lot, you probably do, but, you know, when you're in a conversation or in a group, there's going to be people who can bring other things to the conversation. Um, they have their own perspective, their own experience, their own knowledge around things. So it should always be uh, a two-way street in, in a one-on-one conversation, but also in a group setting. And when leaders are speaking in a group, they should invite other people to make comments or ask questions and bring a different perspective and sort of have a conversation that way, too. Yeah, yeah. And you're getting all thoughts and opinions on the table, and mm-hmm. it is a flip, you know, because people, leaders might often think, "I've got to, I've got to maintain control of this," um, without understanding yeah. if I don't, if I don't invite participation and get input, I am not going to have control. They may tell me that I have control, but when I'm not in the room, I don't have any kind of influence because <laughs> they don't <laughs> trust me and they don't feel like their opinions are being heard, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sometimes the most influence we can have is when we invite others to mm-hmm. bring something to the conversation or something to the table, because that way you're relating to people, you're really appreciating others and, and their contribution to a project or a topic or whatever you're working on. So that can help you influence others too. When people are feeling like, oh, this person's really listening to me and they're really appreciating what I have to offer. So, mm. you know, this is somebody I want to be with or follow or whatever it is. Right. And that's a quotable quote that I'm sure I'm going to be using again with attributes to you, Eric, which is sometimes the most influence we can have is when you invite people into the conversation. Mm. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Very well. I like that. I just made that up. (laughs) We need to use that again. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good. Mm. That's really good. So, what would you say? When we've kind of hit on this, we might have already answered it. Um, If a leader says that's too soft for me, we're in a tough business, and I can't see how this would make a difference. Um. Mm. I think we might have covered that uh, when we talked about most influence you can have is when you invite people into the conversation and earlier on when you said um, building trust, being influential, being relatable, no like and trust. Is there anything mm-hmm. else you would add if you heard that objection? Like, I can't, we can't promote that here. We're, we're too busy. I don't know how it would make a difference. Mm. What would you say? Yeah. So to me, business is all about making connections and, and building relationships with people. You know, the I mean, the leaders in the organizations with the best connections or the strongest relationships are the ones that are most successful. And so RP is completely tied in with that. RP allows you to make those connections naturally and build stronger relationships through that sense of engagement, authenticity and, and influence. So, and this goes for Anybody that you that you as a leader are going to be working with internally or externally, um, it really allows you to create those connections naturally and make mm-hmm. those and build those relationships. 
So, um, but yeah, we've, we've covered a little bit about that is that how you're relating to people and are you being really present with them? It does build that no like and trust factor and, and encourages people to, to follow you or to listen to you or want to, um, or interested in what you have to say. So mm-hmm. when you're able to communicate that way and relate to people in any setting from that, that space of connection and, and authenticity, people are They'll, they want to do business with you. They, yeah. They'll like who you are, not just what you have to say or what you're doing. They'll yeah. get a sense of who you are as a person. And, and sometimes that determines you know, your level of success. So your presence really matters. And, and yeah. how you're conveying that really matters in terms of, you know, are people interested and, and connected to you? There's another quotable quote from Eric. Your presence oh. <laughs> really matters. <laughs> I've captured all kinds of good ones. Your presence oh, really matters. It yeah. does. It yeah. does. I mean, I, to me, it's more yeah. important than our words. Much more important is your yeah. presence, your your sense of who you are in your body and and how you are in the world, with and without words. That's what people connect with. That's where the deepest human connections happen. It's through a sense of presence. Mm, that's another quote. To go back and listen to it to get it fully uh, written down correctly, but that was awesome too. Um, I think it makes me think of a quote that is uh, one of my favorites, and I know you know it, is uh, I'll forget what you said, I'll forget what you did, but I'll never forget how you made me feel. Yeah, from Maya Angelou. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what people remember most about you. Yeah, I'll never forget how you made me feel. And we spend all this time getting all this intellectual stuff, and I'm all about that. I love to study and research and know stuff. Um, So that was always what tripped me up, you know, because I just love all that stuff, so I would want to share it. And it's, it's, uh, you know, TMI, too much information, you know. (laughs) We need to just be present. Yeah, yeah. Too much TMI. Yeah, yeah. And so it was hard for me to let go of that. Plus, I have a dominant personality. So it's like, okay, first you need to chill. I mean, I had no idea that I was coming on strong like that, you know. And Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, it's just so, so fascinating. And I just feel that quote so often because you do. I mean, you you don't forget how people make you feel. You don't. And when they're bad, you remember. Mm Mm-hmm. That precedes yeah. the next conversation and the next one. I mean, it's there before you show up because it's what you left behind. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I would say why not be really positive and really conscious of how you're being with people? Um, because we can feel things from people in conversation, you know, or in a group setting. We pick up things. And certainly in speaking circles, people are picking up things when they're in front of the group. They're picking up things from the listeners because the field of listening and the field of presence is so powerful that they start to tap into something and start to have things come up for them and speak from that place. And that even deepens the connection. And they're doing this without any preparation, completely spontaneous, completely in the moment, and with a a sense of really powerful presence. They are picking up things and exploring ideas or something in their life. And so that sense of just being open um, brings some things, some really powerful things out from people. 
And then when you experience that, I think for me, I was thinking about, you know, being in front of the room or even being the listener in the speaking circles. When you experience the moment that you follow the string of whatever is kind of popping in the room, yeah. the first time you experience that and then you're the one who maybe says it or brings it up and there's this, it, it's to me, it was not only about me learning to trust myself, but to kind of trust others or trust I don't know how to say it, but trust goodness, that goodness will come out of this if I can just be present. I had to kind of learn that in order to let go of the knowledge and the wanting to direct everything, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. when you experience it, it is what we talked about earlier. You said it, electric, and it's like, oh, it's like another yeah. presence or, um, I mean, I don't want to get totally woo-woo here, but it <laughs> is, it is, um, it's a new lesson in trusting yourself, trusting others, and then just trusting forward progress uh, based on listening, I guess. Yep, yep. And also experiencing that sense of collective presence, you know, seeing where we all connect. You know, you mm-hmm. talked about the threads, and sometimes that does happen in speaking circles. Somebody will bring up a topic when they share, and then somebody else, without repeating content, because confidentiality is a big part of the work, is they'll it'll spark something for them and then they'll carry that thread into their own turn, their own expression, their own sharing with the group. And then the next person will do it. And sometimes it's just, it becomes this natural, whoa, look what we've weaved here together. Yeah. We could have created this if we had tried, we could have scripted this, you know? Right. But people are getting how connected they are just by being present with each other. So that's another. And think about that. If you're a leader on a team, and you you demonstrate and model relational presence, and you allow people to speak from the heart because you're speaking from your heart, what would that do on a team if team meetings were like that or had elements of that? You know, yeah. Wouldn't you know, that be amazing? Spark. Wouldn't that be something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the possibility is, is certainly there for, yeah. you know, leaders to bring that into their team meetings or presentations that they do is just kind of planting a seed and seeing where um, somebody else could pick up that seed or follow that thread. And next thing you know, everybody's contributing to this topic um, and seeing where they're all connected. They're all contributing to this, to this dynamic. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's another invitation for leaders is to sort of plant seeds that way, modeling that sense of relational presence and inviting others to be there with them and to share from that place. Uh, yeah, talk about, you know, that key term that all consultants and HR people like to say is engagement. You know, we have to have engagement. Uh-huh. This is engagement. This is real. Yeah. This is one-on-one um, leader to employee, which could spark out into the whole team. That's engagement right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true engagement, right, where yeah. everybody is sort of engaged in, in one single thing. Yeah, because there's different interpretations of engagement, but this right. is one of the most powerful ways to engage. Yeah. So I've talked a little bit here uh, about how it's helped me evolve as a human, 
both personally and professionally. I don't know if I've said much about personal, but it has helped me in my personal life as well. I'm much more um, patient with family and friends than I used to be, um, less trying to control things, focus more about just being present. Um, what changes have you seen in people, both personally and professionally, um, when they've gotten better at our acronym RP, Relational Presence? Mm. Yeah, some of the things you just shared, I've also seen in other people. This idea of patience is, is a powerful mm-hmm. experience for people and really being able to listen to others um, when they may have thought previously they were good listeners, but when they get a sense of really listening to somebody without needing to respond, um, they they improve that that uh, skill. So yeah. those are a couple of things I've noticed. Um, and with clients and both speaking circles, participants, um, and sometimes I see transformations happen because a lot of people that come to me or come to circles do have some kind of trepidation. It might be mild anxiety or it could be like a debilitating fear of speaking in front of a group, which is, again, very common. So that transformation does happen, usually not like in the first session, but eventually they're going to get to a place of, wow, this isn't scary at all. I'm just simply being here. I'm relating to people. I'm being witnessed. I'm being appreciated by people. So it it helps them get past that fear and, and actually start to enjoy the process, you know, <laughs> which is to me one a great privilege is to see people actually loving being or speaking in front of a group and being with another group. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, that is totally cool. You know, and to just like, put possible. all that anxiety aside, just like you experienced, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then also coming across confidently, you know, and yeah. because my clients do want to be more effective speaking in a group. And so they absolutely do do that through a sense of relational presence and through speaking from their heart. And um, this, you can just see it and and feel it from them, the sense of confidence and authenticity. And, and you can see it in their audiences once, you know, if I, if I go to a client talk and I can see their audience is really engaged and that yeah. makes a difference too. And yeah, and people enjoying and interested in what they, in what they're, what the speaker is saying. So and then we talked about self-esteem and yep. you know, self-confidence and this feeling of connection among people. I mean, that's one of the beauties of this work. It, it actually brings people closer together, you know, whether it's personal relationships, professional. So there's, yeah, there's powerful things that can happen when you are that real and, and that present with people, both one-on-one and in groups. And, um, yeah, amazing things can happen when you, when you can be that way. So a couple of different times you said being witnessed, and I know what my interpretation of that is, and that is being seen. In case somebody's listening and they're like, being witnessed, what exactly is he saying? Is this like a preacher thing? (laughs) Tell me, tell (laughs) tell us a little bit more about that, and just in case anybody is wondering about that, being witnessed. Yeah, that also can be interpreted different ways, but you're right, it is about being seen, Um, and I think that's... A lot of people, I wouldn't say a lot, but some people that come to my speaking circles and even some clients have this fear of being seen by others because it goes back to wondering what they're thinking of you, right? And worrying about being judged or disliked in any way. So even being seen by people, it can be very awkward and very uncomfortable and can bring up fear because you wonder because you can't really tell what they're thinking. So you're thinking the worst, like, yeah. whoa, I wonder what this person's thinking of me. I hope they like me. I better be good here, whatever. 
Um, uh, but yeah. in speaking circles and in the client work that I do, I encourage people not to worry so much about what people are thinking. First of all, it's probably not true that they probably are not judging you or disliking you. And second of all, it's really not your business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because what other people, I heard the saying, what other people think of me is none of my business. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking right. that when you said it. What other people think of me, it's none of my business. Yeah, it's a so distraction. I, it can be, yeah. So I just encourage people not to worry too much about what people are thinking of you. Um, but in speaking circles and in some group work that I do, I give people the chance to be seen without speaking and just kind of getting the sense of being looked at and knowing that these people are not judging you, they're actually appreciating you. That can actually, you can see the masks start to fall away and the sense of, okay, it's okay these people are looking at me and I'm just being here with them and there's there's nothing to worry about. So Mm -hmm. that idea of being seen can be a very powerful experience for people. So that's why I say being witnessed by others is um, is another, it, it can be a breakthrough for people yeah. where they're just like, oh, okay, I'm just being seen here and no one's judging me and it's okay. I feel fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So we're going to jump to our last three questions. All right. And I'll close with your last bit of advice around relational presence. So we have not left the topic, but I wanted to do a couple of the kind of fun questions because I'm curious about how you'll answer them. If you could put one billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it be and what would it say? <laughs> yes. Well, you had uh, given me some of these questions beforehand, and this yes. is the one I was like, God, there's so many things I would love to see. I know. I don't know what you I know, would pick. I need to pick mine sometime. But what would you say? What did yeah. you come up with? So what I came up with, um, this might sound woo-woo to some people, but to me it is woo-woo about is love. Love is, that to me is, that's what we're here for. We're here to love ourselves. We're here to love other people. And so my billboard would say, love yourself, love your life, and love others every day for the rest of your life. Okay, so love yourself, love your life. Life, and love others every day for the rest of your life. And I would put it in Times Square, New York City. Oh, I love (laughs) that. That's a great location. That's Uh, that would be seen by more people than anywhere. Yeah, perfect. Yep. And if leaders were to do more of this, they're in their business, difference would it make? Love, love yourself, love your life, oh, yeah. love others every day for the rest of your life. Mm. I think wow. it applies to everybody, right? Yep. I mean, leaders yep. are human too, right? Right, right, Just right. Just a human being going through challenges and wanting relationships to to go well and wanting to make yeah. a difference and all that stuff. And so to me, it all starts from love and really loving yourself, yep. loving who you are, what you have to offer, loving your life, right? Loving everything you're doing in your life and not regretting stuff or not wishing you had something else or were like someone else, but just loving everything about you and your life and then being there for others. I think that's more than anything else. I think that's what we're here for. We're here for each other. We're not here only for ourselves. We're here to love each other, appreciate each other, support each other and however we can. And certainly leaders get that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's this whole idea of giving yourself the benefit of the doubt, giving other people the benefit of the doubt. 
And I mm-hmm. think to do this, like you can have the have the billboard, it, but it also takes practice, like working the muscle. It takes, for me, I need to journal on a regular basis. So even though I feel like I have a great life and I love my work, I still need to kind of remind myself of how much I love it or, you know, make adjustments when I need to. I mean, it's um, it's an inspirational statement that, requires regular focus, I guess, mm. for me anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think maybe for others too because uh, we get caught up in stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's – and it's a, it's a reminder for myself too because, you know, sometimes we beat ourselves up or we have tough days or tough yeah. experiences or conversations or whatever we're, we're working on. Life gets in the way, right? So right. it's kind of a – and it could be a mantra for people. It's just keep coming yeah. back to that, yeah. knowing that, you know, this is just part of life and you're on the right path and you're doing good work. Um, just keep coming back to love. That's to yeah. me, that's, that's what we should all be doing. Yeah. And that really is synonymous with uh, relational presence because that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being present with people is, a, is an act of care and love and appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, that's something else I experienced with speaking circles and, and client work is a sense of love and connection and appreciation. It's very palpable, and it, it it opens up a lot of doors when people can feel that. Yeah. So what advice would you give your 20 to 30-year-old self about mm. relational presence and leadership? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I told you I was really shy when I for most of my life, actually. So to 25 and 30, I was still in that place of just very closed and living a small life and just hiding, hiding from people and just not even knowing who I was, what I was here to do. I just felt very disconnected from myself and from other people. So, um, so I would tell myself knowing now, you know, what I know now Mm -hmm. about relational presence and, and the power of the work, the benefit of the work, um, and its ability to really help people be themselves and just naturally connect with yourself and with the others. So I would just tell my 25 or 30 year olds a few different things. And the first is to be yourself. Yeah. Don't pretend to be someone else and don't worry so much about what others are thinking of you. So that's a very important message I'd give my 25 or 30 year old and, and be present and be open and be real with people, be fully self-expressed you know, because we have a lot, every one of us has so much to share, so much mm. life experience, so many things that we've learned, and even some of the challenges we learned from that. So yeah. it's like express that, be be a teacher for other people. We're, we're both students and teachers in this life. So express yourself fully, be available to others when you're listening, you know, in that sense of being fully listening to somebody without that dialogue constantly going off in your head, um, showing others appreciation. You know, I think that goes back to the love thing is just appreciating people when you're in that space with them. And, and then that last thing I would say is just see yourself as a leader. Mm. Cause I, I didn't for a long time. I felt like I was mean, I was kind of worthless and, you know, I wasn't contributing at all. I didn't see myself leading anything. And mm. I now realize that we're all leaders. At the very least, we're leaders of our own life. 
Yep, right? here we go. We are all leaders, though. I love it. That's another quotable from Eric. <laughs> I love I, it. I firmly believe that, you know? Yep. And, yep. you know, there's different kinds of leaders, leaders of large groups of people, but leaders of small groups of people, leaders, leaders of, of your family, family. right? Your friends. Le- yeah. Yep. Leaders of a project, leaders of um, an idea or whatever it is. It's like we all, if we see ourselves as leaders, and I'm telling myself this, is seeing yourself as a leader really does um, increase your your sense of self and your sense of how much of a difference you can make, how much potential you have. If you see yourself in, in that sense of leader, as a leader, it's like, wow. Amazing things can happen. Amazing opportunities can come your way. Yeah. Um, so that's that's definitely one of the most powerful messages I, I could tell my younger self. Love it. You are a leader. Yes, you are a leader. And the funny thing is, or not funny actually, but the truth is, if we can't own leadership and kind of find ways to own our own well-being and uh, goodness, it's really hard to help other people see that and do that. Mm-hmm. We have to yeah. find some starting point. Not that mean we can't help others and not, you know, be fully appreciative of ourselves but the more we can see our own strengths and you know appreciate ourselves it's so much easier than to look at others and appreciate theirs you know absolutely and we'll go back to that concept again love you've got to love yourself first yeah that's what you said that was your first one on the billboard yeah it is love yourself first because if you don't you can't really love others genuinely yeah 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 if you don't feel that for yourself yeah that's awesome Awesome. So now you have a book coming out. When is that mm-hmm. available? Do you do you have a, a date for that? It's called the title. I mentioned it in the opening around the bio. New thinking, new being. When is that going to be available, Eric? Yep. So um, I'll just give you the subtitle too. It's moving oh, from the daily the daily grind to a meaningful, fulfilling life. Ooh. So it's really for people who feel like they're in a daily grind, stuck kind of doing the same things and really unhappy in that place, knowing there's something missing and there's something more to their life. They're just not sure what that is or how it looks or how to get there. So it's for people who want more out of life and know they're feeling stuck in one or more areas of their life. So I'm giving them these tools and they're really practical tools based on my experiences and things that I've researched myself and and what I see as universal truths that can help people tap into their full potential and start to have those breakthroughs and start to feel like their life has meaning and and start to really enjoy their life. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what it's all about. Awesome. Um, and so it's going to be available in July of this year. Oh, okay. Very soon, yes. So, so make sure we connect so that I can add to the show notes for this episode the link to your book. So I can add it okay. afterwards. So uh, if, if we'll, we'll sync up. I'll be seeing you because I'm going to be in the speaking circle very soon, and I'll, I'm now sure I I'll know. be in another one in July. Um, let's see. We've got your website, thespeakersstudio.com. Mm-hmm. Another question for you. If they wanted to find, they can find, if they're in Atlanta, which is where you're headquartered now, um, they could find information about speaking circles by going to thespeakersstudio.com, Correct. Yep, and it's speaker with an S, so it's 
studio. I do okay. have to kind of emphasize that because there's two S's in the row. Yeah. Sometimes just put speaker studio without the S, and people don't don't get to my website. Yeah, they so, yeah, make they sure can they go put to my the speakers with an S studio dot com. Yeah, there we go. Right. Yeah, so they can go to my events page to see what events I have coming up, which include the speaking circles and workshops. And then I also offer one-on-one coaching for people that do speeches and presentations or lead meetings. Um, yeah, so they can find out all about that and more about speaking circles in terms of how it works and the benefit people get by going to my FAQs page. And if they wanted some one-to-one coaching and they are not in Atlanta, can they? do you still work with folks who aren't local? Yeah, I do have clients from out of Atlanta. I do work virtually with people. Sometimes I virtually, work yep. through yep. I work through Skype and telephone, um, or if they just need a help with a one-off presentation, for example, I can help them develop the content and give them some tips on how to deliver it. But most of my clients are uh, local because I like to work one-on-one and in person with people and give them right. real-time coaching and video them. Um, but yeah, I do work virtually um, because some people are fine with that. They just yep. need some practical yep. help in terms of improving their technique. And if they wanted to find out about speaking circles, they're nowhere near Atlanta, but they've heard us talk about speaking circles. I think how I found out where they were was I typed in speakingcircles.com or something. Do you recall what yep. that is? Or I know you would yep. know since you're part of that organization. Where would they find if they're in Europe or if they're uh, on the West Coast? Where would they find that? Yeah, so they can go to speakingcircles.com, like you said, and there's actually two different sites. One is um, based in Europe, and one is based in the United States or North okay. America. So um, once they go to speakingcircles.com, they'll be able to click on either Europe or um, or the United States or North America. And there's also speaking circles happening in some places in Asia, I think, or other places. Yeah. But okay. they can go there. So if they're in the United States, for example, they can... Um, look for facilitators in the United States and they're groups by West Coast and middle of the country and then East Coast. So they can find um, where these facilitators are based and then sign up for them if they're nearby. Great. Um, there's, there, there aren't that many, though. I think there's only about 100 facilitators around the world. It's not, again, like Toastmasters. This is kind of under the radar. But yep. we're growing as a community, and you know, a lot more people are coming to this work um, and even getting trained in the work. So it's, yeah. it's an exciting time. Great. Well, you know, I uh, mentioned the assessments, and a lot of folks who listen to this are familiar with the motivators assessment that I use. And there's one of the motivators is high social altruistic, which is a person who thrives when they can be of service. And, Eric, you've not taken that assessment, but my bet would be just because I've seen you in operation is you are high social altruistic, which is it's all about being of service and coming from you. You live your mantra, uh, love thyself, love others, love your life. And um, so I couldn't think of a better person to facilitate a speaking circle. There's, you're so non-threatening and very accepting, and you just create the environment that happens when you hold those circles. And I'm not experienced your one-on-one coaching other than in a circle, but my assumption is, and I'm sure it's accurate, you bring that whole sense of service and givingness 
to to your coaching. So if you're thinking about working with someone and you're concerned, don't be because you couldn't find a more caring, loving person than Eric. Mm. Well, thank I'm, you. I'm biased, but I've experienced <laughs> it. We've known each other, I guess, now a couple of years. I don't know if it's been that long, at least a year and a half. Yeah, that I've yeah, been a couple of years. Circles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for that. And yeah, I, I love the work that I do. And I absolutely feel like this is why I'm here. I think yep. at some level, we all are here to be of service. But yep. I um, it's something I, I try to do every single day is just see how I can make a difference. And, you know, certainly with clients and speaking circles participants, I just hold the space to see the best in them, you know, and my clients do want to improve. So I'll give them a little constructive criticism, but I'll always come from a place of appreciation and seeing their highest good and seeing their potential and giving them really um, constructive, um, but also positive feedback so that they can improve and, and be as good as they can be. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have no doubt about that. I'm kind of picky on who I let uh, judge me or critique me or whatever because <laughs> that's just my nature, and you know, and that's. But so you're the one. So contact Eric if you're if you're interested in any of this. And of course, you've got the website, and we'll we'll post about your book. Let's close with one last uh, question, and it's your last bit of advice. It may be a repeat of something you've already said, or something new, or a summary, but. Last bit of advice or wisdom you want every leader to take away from our discussion about relational presence. Uh, what would you say? Okay. Um, I don't know if there's, I can think of one thing, but I'll you share say several things. things. Who needs to follow yeah, okay. the rules? Not us. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yes. So uh, one thing I would say is this, the best way to engage and influence as a leader is to be real with people and be relatable to people. Mm. So kind of seeing where you relate to others and how they relate to you. Um, Cause that's where, again, those, those most powerful connections can happen and where people will really want to follow you or listen to you mm-hmm. as a leader. Um, and really and how you do that is, is more in how you're being with people than what you're saying. So kind of mm-hmm. being aware of, of how you're being more important than anything else you can do. And um your presence is what people connect with and they, what they value the most from you more than again, what you say or what you do. So you using relational presence can can get you there, can help you engage fully and, and bring people together. Um, so the last three things I would say is be with one person at a time when you're in a group, be fully present with each person in a conversation and be yourself in every single interaction. Mm, yeah. Wisdom right there. Be with one person at a time, be fully present, and be yourself in every interaction. Mm-hmm. That's right. Hey, thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for all your help you've given me. And uh, mm. thanks for sharing your uh, joy and wisdom and love on this call today. <laughs> Yes, it has been a pleasure, and thank you for this opportunity, Susie, and really thank you for everything you've shared um, about me and about how this work has benefited you. I've seen amazing things from you as well, and um, yeah, I appreciate who you are and what you bring to the world. So it's been mm, a real you. privilege to know you and and uh, connect with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I love his billboard that he's going to put in Times Square. Love yourself, love your life, 
love others every day for the rest of your life. And, you know, if you think about his why, why he does what he does, that would be it. Love yourself, love your life, love others every day for the rest of your life. And he's participating that in his work. I want to uh, just do a recap of some of the things he shared with us. He reminds us that how we are relating to people and how we are being with people matters more than the words and content we use. Those things are not what people remember and by themselves are not what make people want to work for you and with you. And here's some of his quotes, and you'll see these in the show notes at pricelessprofessional.com slash presence, P-R-E-N-C-E, lowercase, pricelessprofessional.com presence. Here's some of the quotes that I caught in our conversation. Sometimes the most influence you can have is when you invite people into the conversation. Another one, your presence really matters. I love that. Your presence really matters. We forget that. We think it's all about the content. And um, the way you show up precedes you and you leave something behind. And what is it that you leave behind? It's not anything he said, but it's what I noticed. So his quote is, your presence really matters. Another quote, be fully present. Speak from your heart, not just from your mind. Words are just a small part of how we express ourselves. The best way to engage with people is to be real with others and relatable. The most powerful way to connect with someone is to just be yourself. What a freeing concept that is. The most powerful way to connect with someone is to just be yourself. Be yourself in every interaction. Be aware of how you are being with people. So we totally know what his focus is, and hopefully you now have a greater understanding of relational presence. It is a muscle that has to be worked and, and, and felt, uh, but I have personally experienced it, and as you can tell, I'm a fan. Let's go back to his website. It's www.thespeakersstudio.com. Make sure you put the S at the end of speakers, thespeakersstudio.com. His book, New Thinking, New Being, From the Daily Grind to a Meaningful Life, is coming out this summer, 2016. When it does, I'll be sure to put a link in the show notes at pricelessprofessional.com slash presence, and you'll be able to download the book or look at it and see what you think. I also wanted to mention, he talked about Lee Glickstein, who is the founder of Speaking Circles, and he has a book, and I want you to know about it. It's in the show notes. It's it, The book is Be Heard Now, Tap Into Your Inner Speaker and Communicate with Ease. So I've got a link to Amazon. It's an affiliate link. But if you link on that, you'll be able to get the paperback version. And it wasn't on Audible when I first bought the book. I had to go find it out on some other site to get the Audible version or the audio version so I could listen to it while I'm walking my dog or driving in the car. And it is now on Audible. So that's completely cool because Audible has a link that allows you to, um, if you use my link as an affiliate link, and join Audible, I get credit for your uh, joining Audible. What happens is you sign up. It's a 30-day free trial. They give you a free book, and then you can end it at 30 days, or you can keep it, which I keep mine. I use it all the time. Um, but you never have to return the book, and we get credit for this is their way of supporting podcasts and supporting small businesses. So if you want to listen to Lee Glickstein's book, his voice is awesome. And in fact, I have the audio version on my iPhone, on my iTunes playlist under meditation. So I have some meditations that I listen to on a regular basis. Well, his book is in there too. It's just the way he speaks and um, the guidance that he gives and the information. I personally have felt like it's... Um, uh, 
very connecting and I guess consider it part of a meditation for me. So anyway, to get Be Heard Now on Audible, you can go to my affiliate link, pricelessprofessional.com slash audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, pricelessprofessional.com audible. The book is Be Heard Now. If you use my link, I get credit and then you get a free 30-day trial and a free book. So uh, if you do listen to the book, I'd love for you to reach out or order the book and tell me what you think. You can um, reach out at Susie uh, at PricelessProfessional.com or PricelessProfessional.com slash Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, and um, I'll get your info. So again, the book is Be Heard Now. Uh, my link is PricelessProfessional.com slash Audible. You can use that and uh learn more about relational presence and then check back again to to find out about uh, Eric's book. And I'll update the show notes with that link. So I hope that you got a lot out of the relational presence conversation. I hope that you're inspired and have even a deeper understanding of what it is to truly listen and the value of tuning into others and how that builds true engagement and just creates a, a a vibration, an energy, something that's electric that really does create something bigger and better than just forcing content or trying to push people to do things. It's that tuning in and really listening. Great things can happen. We have to try it. We have to test it out ourselves. We have to use that muscle in order for it to work. But once you start doing it, you probably will not want to not tune into others and uh, not use the skill because it, 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 does create a different type of experience with people. So thanks for joining us for the podcast today. I appreciate it. Look forward to our next. This is episode number 25. Show notes are at pricelessprofessional.com slash presence. Our uh, wakeupeagerworkforce.com is where you can get the directory of all our podcasts. And you can also get the book, Be Heard Now, from pricelessprofessional.com slash audible. Use that link. Thank you. Have a great one. Take care. Bye. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to PricelessProfessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 